0: Hey there, my name is Ben Ramos, and you are listening to the Rise Church Podcast. We are a church in southeastern Idaho that is dedicated to sound biblical theology, coupled with the authentic power of God. Our true hope is that this podcast will help you to continue to grow and taking steps in your relationship with Jesus. I hope you feel empowered today. I hope you feel encouraged today, and I hope you feel uplifted. God bless you. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Good morning. How are we doing this morning? Are we enjoying the sunshine? You better say yes. yes. Okay, there we go. I am, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, good morning and welcome. Like uh, Cindy said, if it's your first time, welcome. We're really glad to have you this morning. Uh, if it's not your first time, we're still happy to have you this morning. Um, and, and just as much as the new people too, just so you know. Um, It is always such an honor and a privilege to be able to be up here and teach. And so, thank you, Pastor Ben, for allowing me and trusting me enough to do so. Um, Y'all, come on. This series on Mark, apparently not. Apparently, it's not hitting you the same way it's been hitting me. Uh, I, I, uh, maybe I just love the Bible. I'm just kidding. Okay, digress. Anyway, all right. So, um, I have been... So excited to, to go through Mark the way we have. And um, it's really been um, really healing for me uh, with a lot of things. It's brought up a lot of things that I didn't even realize that God wanted me to deal with. And, um, man, it's just been so good. Um, and so we are in Chapter 4, um, and we just saw, T, uh, we just saw Jesus teaching to a large crowd, and he's teaching in parables. Um, and um, so Jesus is teaching in parables. At one point, he even explains it to his disciples, what they mean. And then last week, we had an awesome teaching from Pastor Ben about letting your light shine. Yeah. Right? That was so good. Um, and so we're going to continue in—I don't know why I'm carrying this around. Okay. Uh <laughs> I, uh, we're going to continue in Mark. So we're going to be in Mark 4. We're going to be starting in verse 35. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them out uh, or your electronic devices. Or if you don't have either of those, it's actually going to be up on the screen so you can read along that way. All right. So we're in verse 35. It says, On that day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to them, disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right, church, let's pray. God, you are so good. We love you so much. We honor you in this time, God. We pray that the words spoken today are your words, Lord, that the heart that they are spoken with is your heart. God, I pray that this message be the message that you have for your people this morning. God, we surrender this time and just ask you to come and, and envelop it to be your time, Lord, that we seek you and seek all that you have for us. God, we love you, we worship you, and we praise you in this time. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, um, I don't know about you guys, but it's often uh, when I kind of don't want to be corrected that God <laughs> does. Okay, I don't know I don't know if any of us really like being corrected. I might be wrong, um, and it might just be a me thing, but I have to admit that this was no exception. Um, and I am I'm always in awe in how I forget how good God is sometimes and how present He is and how much he m- knows so much more than I could even think of or fathom. Um, and so this is the thing, okay. This is a boat, if you don't know, I wrote it on there for you. This is a boat, okay And uh, this is very much the what's happening. They're in a they're in water. That's water. I figured it was it needed to be darker. If you can't see it in the back, there's water in there. Um, and it's dark blue because I figured storm water is dark blue anyway. okay. All right, so that's what's happening. okay and um, and as, as God and I were talking about this scripture and uh, as I was rereading it and rereading it and rereading it, um, there were three things that he pointed out to me um, from the scripture that really speak to what it looks like to walk out our calling, the calling God has on our life. Um, and so I wanted to share those three points with you. I was going to ask if it's okay, but somebody just pointed out that, I mean, you kind of don't have a choice at this point, (laughs) so we're just going to go. Okay, the first first point is found in the first two verses. It's in verse 35 and 36, and he says, on that day when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd, Johnny did an amazing, amazing teaching on leaving the crowd, amen, (laughs) leaving the crowd. They took him along with them in the boat just as he was, and the other boats are with him. Here's the first point um, that's really important to take from this scripture. If we are going to be walking out God's calling on our life, we need to only move when God tells us to move. The disciples did not make the decision to go to the other side. Jesus did, and they followed. But in order to truly understand, whoops, In order to truly understand that, we need to first come to a very important truth that I think a lot of us lose sight of, including me, and that is that all of us are designed for a purpose and all of us have a calling on our life. Rather we think it, rather we know it, rather we we, uh, believe it within ourselves, it doesn't change the fact that that's the truth. That being said, we also need to acknowledge that there are going to be moments in our lives when God is going to call us away from the crowd to go deeper with him in order to reach that calling. See, because something God just pointed out this morning is that even though the disciples are kind of walking this out, they don't get their final like call until the end. When Jesus has risen and he says, This is what I'm calling you to do. And he gives them the great commission. Go make disciples of nations. So in this moment, they don't really kind of understand anything yet or the bigger picture. They don't don't see everything that God really has in store for them. But he keeps calling them deeper and deeper to do things more and more. And those are the moments that happen with us. And in those moments, we have two choices. I know the world likes to tell us we have 50, but we don't. We have two. Either we do it or we don't. Amen. That. That's it. Either we do it or we don't. And again, you know, the world has told us that there's shades of gray in those moments, right? They've made it complicated. Yeah, but... I used to love it when my uh, youth kids, when I was a uh, youth pastor here, I, I used to love it because they would go, Jen, I heard what you said, but like, what does that even mean? Just tell me, like, I'm not going to listen to you. I know that you might be right, but I'm not, right? But how often do we do that with God? Yeah, but, right? But Jesus says it this way in Matthew 6. He says, you can't, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Church, we cannot have, we cannot follow God and the world at the same time, it can't happen. We have to make a choice. Either we are following God and what he has designed us to do and is calling for our life, or we don't. But that means that we have to ask ourselves some hard questions. (laughs) We have to often ask ourselves, are we following God or are we so devoted to the world that we refuse to remove our stumbling blocks? Okay, now I want to make it, I want to, before we go further, I want to make sure I say this. I am not excluding me in this. There is a reason I say us and we and our, okay? I learned very early on that when you point a finger, three are pointing back. So do not, do not take it that way because I, I, I see it that I am I, working on this in myself constantly as well. But church, we cannot deny that this is what we're seeing in the world today. We're seeing people who call themselves Christians who are supposed to be following God and his word and instead are bowing down to what society says is acceptable or not. We make excuses for why we still live in the world saying, well, there's grace. <laughs> we make excuses for why we're doing things because we say we'll do it, we'll do it next time. And, and you know what's even worse about that is we're not even honest about it. Like we we're like, no, of course I'm a Christian, of course I follow God. Now let me go yell at the person who just cut me off and flip them off. And you know what I'm saying? I just don't feel like that's very Christian of us.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the thing <laughs> and the thing is, is that what happens is is the more and more we're dishonest we not only become dishonest with ourselves, but we become dishonest with God. And the more we become dishonest, the more we don't only deceive, but we also become, it's easier for us to become deceived. You You know what I mean? That is the very hard part of what's going on in society today is so many people are dishonest about where they truly stand and the enemy just slides in there and deceives more and more and more and then all of a sudden the line that was headed towards God now slowly shifts and all of a sudden we fall into the traps of the world. And the thing is, is that the more and more we deceive, the more and more we fall into the traps, the more and more that we're not honest about where we are in our walk with God, the harder it is for God to truly infiltrate our hearts and change us. What it becomes is us changing our actions, but not really believing what we're doing. And then all of a sudden we become the hypocrites that Jesus is talking about in this book, right? Right? And again, listen, I mean, we all, we all have our things. You know, Paul talks about the thorn in his side. But he also talks about how he went straight to God about it. Right. Yeah. He didn't start asking his friends what to do. He didn't start relying on what the girl was telling him. Thank you. I love you, Mom. And this, us evaluating ourselves, us asking if we are really being deceived, if we're walking with God or not, this takes us to a place of asking ourselves, do we believe what we say we believe? Do you believe that when God tells you to move, that he is calling you to move towards something better? Not easier, not easier, but better. Church, if we're going to say yes to God, we need to stand in faith and confidence that God has called us to do what we were designed to do. We need to trust that God wouldn't want us to fail. He doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't want us to have a hard life. That's that's not what he wants for us. In Jeremiah 29, it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not calamity. To give you future hope. To give you a future and a hope. He loves you. He wouldn't want bad for you, but church, God is also not going to force you right. because that is not love, and we, we serve a loving God. Right. So here's, here's the deal, the first point. If we are going to walk with God towards his calling on our life, we, we have to be willing We have to be wanting. We have to desire to move when God tells us to move and walk away from the crowd when God tells us to walk away from the crowd. The next point is uh, found in verse 37. The next point is is that we have to be prepared for the storms that will come because they will come. If we are going to follow God, the storms will come. In verse 37, it says, and there arose a fierce gale of wind and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Church, if we say yes to God, cause storms will come. And if we know that, we can prepare for them. That's the important part. In John 16, it says, it's Jesus speaking and he says, these things I have said to you, so that in me, not me, but God, in God, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take courage because uh, Jesus has overcome the world. Church, he won. Done. That's it. But knowing that he won, we still know that the devil's there, right? So there's some things I want you to know about the devil. One, he's not dumb. He might be lame and he might have the same three three things that he tries to do, steal, kill and destroy because he has no new tricks, but he's not dumb. It always mind boggles me that some, like an angel who knew who God was and like how he was what he was capable of thought he can overtake him, like how dumb are you? But then I'm like well, I mean, you did go up against him. You're obviously smarter than I am. You know what I mean? Like, or dumber than, I don't know. Anyway, but he's not, okay? He knows what he is doing. And he does not want us to walk out our purpose. He doesn't. And because he doesn't want to walk out our purpose, he doesn't want us to walk out his, our purpose, he will do everything he can to imprint his lies onto our heart. He will do everything he can. But do you know what the most important thing to know about the devil is? He is nothing compared to the God who lives in me. Right. Say that. First John 4 says it this way: "You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who lives in you than He who lives in the world." That's right. This means that because Jesus overcame, church, we are overcomers already. That's it. We don't have to keep acting like we have to win some. We don't. God already won it. But here's the thing. That doesn't negate the fact that storms can be scary. But this is why it's so important to have faith in God's direction on your life. Because when storms come, we have to walk by faith. That's what we have to do. And often when we're walking by faith, we don't get it. We we won't get it. We won't see the bigger picture sometimes. But Hebrews 11 describes faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But I wanna take this a step further and, and express to you that if you have to have faith, it's because you can't see it. You can't have faith about something that you already have seen. That becomes fact, right? I love Romans, 28, or Romans 8, 24 and 25. It says, it says this, it says, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope, For what we do not see, with perseverance, we will wait eagerly for it. If we have hope, it doesn't matter if we do not see it because we will still know it's coming. We will stand knowing that God is bigger and better and more capable than we could even possibly fathom and the devil has nothing. Church. The second point is that if we are going to say yes to God, we have to know that the devil is coming to shake us up. We have to know that. But we also have to have faith and hope that he will get us to the other side because he said so. And our God keeps his promises. He speaks things with intention and he's not going to lie. He will not lie. But this leads us to our third point. And that is that we need to believe more in the power of Jesus than in the power of the storm. In verse 38, it says Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Y'all, God wrecked me. Wrecked me with this. Wrecked me with this. Uh, Anybody who knows me knows that um, I am... I am really good at the. I'm fine, I'm fine, it's fine, we're fine, everything's fine, life is fine. That's all I say. <laughs> no, we're good, it's good, we're good, we're fine, it's fine, we're fine, it's fine. And uh, I was just in this moment of just being like, God, I'm so overwhelmed, and I don't get it, and I was complaining. That uh, that was the that was actually it. I was complaining. Um, and while he was while we were chatting about that, and as God was. Uh, kind of, I use the word wrecking because I don't know any other word to, to use. But he pointed out something, and it just blew my mind. He pointed out the reactions and the actions of the disciples in this story. And his question was, does that sound familiar? <laughs> no, God, and I don't want to talk about it, was my reaction, just being honest. But, um, but I feel like what I do, often a lot of us do we see the storm coming. We can feel the breeze. We know that this is happening. We can feel it welling up inside of us. And we start saying, I'm fine. We're fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're good. I got this. I got this. I can handle it. I'm fine. I'll be fine. And the whole time, Jesus is asleep right next to us. And we're still like, we got this. And then you know what happens is we start sinking. The water starts coming in. The storm and the clouds and everything are coming. And then we run up to Jesus and we're like, hello? Do you not care? (laughs) Y'all, Jesus was sleeping in the stern right next to them the entire time. Okay. I feel like I need to explain this a little differently. Okay. So the boat starts rocking. They see Jesus, and they don't say, yo, bro, I know what you're capable of. Can you just uh, help us out a little bit? Because you guys need to realize they have already seen Jesus do some pretty cool things by this point, okay? It's not like they don't know who he is. But they didn't. They were fine. They were fine. However, the storm got pretty strong, and they started to believe in the power of the storm, more than they believed in the power of Jesus, because they didn't come to Jesus and say, Lord, stop the storm. They came to Jesus accusatory, saying, you don't care about us. How many of us, come on, listen, I hear some chuckles, and I see some smiling faces, which means I know, yes, girl, I get you, okay, it means that I know that we know, okay, I'm, that we know what we're talking about, Church, Jesus was right there. He doesn't move, but he's not going to force you. He's not going to force you. And not only that, but did the disciples ever stop and think, like, if Jesus is sleeping, I mean, not too worried about it. No, no. No, not at all. But you know what also is cool? Is that that's not the end of the story. Because uh, the Lord says that he will work all things for the good of those who love him. And in verse 41, it says, They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? Church, he took their fear of the storm and changed it to fear of the Lord. Do you realize that? He wasn't going to let them stay in that fear of the storm forever. Because eventually they did wake him up. Maybe not in the best way. I would think that maybe Jesus was a little grumpy. Being woken up that way, I don't know. He could have been in a great mood still. Maybe, but I know if somebody came at me and was like, you don't care about me, waking me up that way, I'd be a little upset. (laughs) Just saying. But God didn't leave him there. And here's the thing. I think it's really easy for people to take that word angry and manipulate it to be something bad. But here's the thing and here's where we have two choices. We either fear the Lord or we fear the world. Fear of the Lord is the awe and the wonder that we have knowing who God is and what he is capable of because he is the Lord of all. Because he is God and he created us and he knows. That's fear of the Lord. And when we have fear of the Lord, It will be, we will live in a constant because God doesn't change. When we live in the fear or in the awe and the wonder of who He is, we can have peace because we can know that despite what storms are coming, despite what we feel, despite the situation that we think we see, God is still in control. God's still on the throne. God still died on the cross for our sins so that we can have eternal life. That has not changed. But what we're seeing now is, is a mighty fear of the world. And fear of the world is believing that what is going on in the world is more important and has more authority than who God is and what he is doing. Having more hope and faith in the world and what they say than in the words and promises of God. And a lot of us are are seeing that there there is this pull that is happening. Jesus was telling his disciples, like, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Church, we are going to have these moments where God is going to call us to move deeper towards him. And we only get two choices. We either get to put our faith and hope in who God is and his promise on our life, or we put it in what the world says we should be doing or not doing, how we should be living our lives or not living our lives. But I'm telling you, I have lived both and living in fear of the world never helped me any. Anybody who knows of the fear of the world will know that you don't have peace. You don't have joy because you're constantly searching for what the right thing is because as we have seen, the right thing has mumbled and jumbled and skipped and hopped and fell off of cliffs and stuff lately. (laughs) Right? But that's what's so cool is that when we acknowledge who God is and we stand in that awe and we stand in the um, in the knowledge of who God is, we, we get to stand in peace and tell the world to do whatever it wants. Because yeah. right. it doesn't change what we're doing. Who we are, what we believe, the truth we know. Satan can come at you with lies, but if you know the truth, it doesn't matter. Come on. I, say this, I say this quite a bit to people, and I know it sounds really snarky, Don't, it doesn't fall on me that that sounds really snarky, but there is a huge part of me that doesn't care about what other people say about me. Okay, but I do have to say it this way, okay? There are people in my life that I very much give that authority to. They have been weighed, they have been measured, (coughs) almost fell, Uh, okay, and um and, and, and I do give that authority up, but I do not give it up easily. I don't. Because I'm telling you right now, at the end of all of this, I'm not going to be standing before you. I'm going to be standing before God. And I'm sorry, but I fear him way more than I fear you. <laughs> <laughs> A Bible verse that always just swings through my head is where Jesus is talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Ma- he's, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, And um, in Matthew seven, he says, he says, some of you are going to come up to the gates of heaven, and I'm going to look at you and say, I never knew you. And then the craziest words I couldn't imagine hearing him. Then he says, depart from me, depart from me. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that feeling? Like, okay, so I. I, like, visualize things, okay? So, like, I, like, have this vision of, like, me, like, all prancy, like, all excited, and then God being like, nope, denied. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know what I mean, though? But do we fear that more than we desire what we want to do in the world? (laughs) Right? I know, I I feel that. I'm like, yes, yes, I do, I do, I promise I do, I'm sorry. (laughs) Church, we have to realize that God has a calling on your life. And because it is so important, the devil is going to do everything and anything he can to stop you from living out that calling. But it is our job to build relationship with God. It is our job to seek him. And the Bible says that if you seek him, you will find him. Amen. Amen. Say that again. Church, if Jesus tells us to move and we choose to get on that water, regardless of the storms that the enemy will send our way because we know he will, we have to make the decision to trust God And that he will get us to the other side because he said so, not because our surroundings make us feel good. Because if we felt good all the time, we wouldn't need faith and hope. If we felt good all the time, we wouldn't need to lean on God. That's what's happening is people are becoming their own gods in this world. What they say matters more than what God is calling them into. But it does, it does mean that you have to leave the crowd. It does mean you have to get on scary waters. It means all those things. But do you believe that God is leading you towards better? Not easier, but better. Because if we do, then we can stand on that faith knowing that God has called us. Three things to know about walking in our calling. One, we should only move when God tells us to move. Two, expect storms in the midst of what we are doing and what we were called to do. But three, trust that God will get you to the other side because he keeps his promises. So I don't know if you guys were noticed at all, but we had distractions coming up and shaking the bed. We had alarms going off, rude. (laughs) But here's the thing, I didn't have to worry about any of that. Here's why. Because I set those timers. I commanded those people to set those timers. I built that boat. I said how much water was going to be in it. I even picked how much color was going to be in that water. I even gave instruction on how hard to kick it well, shake it. Or how soft to shake it or kick it. Y'all, if I can do that with this, imagine what our amazing God can do with our lives. He designed us, He knew, He knows. He knew we were gonna take storms. I knew this was gonna take a kick. So you know what? I put the water lower. You didn't know that, but I did. You might have heard alarms going off thinking, gosh, these people are rude. I didn't think that. You want to know why? Because I already knew. Y'all didn't, but I did. At one point, you need to trust God or not. Because he makes us. He designed us. He put all these situations together. He has designated times for designated things. Our names are written in his book. He has written out our days already. He knows. He knows down to the very number of hairs on your head. Trust that regardless of what the devil tries to do, God made you stronger than that. And because God lives in us, he has nothing on what we are capable of doing. Church, the devil can try what he may. But when we recognize who we are, the storms don't matter anymore. They're not as scary. When we recognize that Jesus is asleep and all we have to do is say, yo, bro, this is a little freaking me out. He'll calm the storm for us. We just saw it happen. We have to make that choice, though. It's a us thing. And because Jesus overcame, we're overcomers. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, you are so good. You are so good. God, you are so mighty and strong and powerful. You love us so well. God, thank you for all that you do for us. God, thank you for all the times we don't even know that you're working in the background. Thank you for all the parameters. Thank you for for all the times you've kept the devil at bay when we didn't even know. God, we love you and we surrender our lives to you. We surrender our hearts to you, God. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come into our lives, invade our lives, invade our spirit, Lord, that we can hear your voice so clearly, God, that when you call us, that our feet move in your direction. God, that no matter how many times, the uh, the devil sins the world our way mm-hmm. that your our desire to love you and follow mm-hmm. you is so much stronger than the temptations of the
0: world hey thanks again for tuning in with us today I uh, really do hope and pray that this message has been transformative in your life to help you to take steps in relationship with Jesus if this has been a blessing to you there are several things you could do in order to give honor where honor is due uh, we would love if you would Give us a like, go ahead and give us a subscribe, go ahead and share us, tag us, uh, quote us, do all of those things in your social media feeds. We would be so blessed by that. If you have any more questions or need any more information about who we are, what we believe, or if you'd like to give towards the forwarding of ministry here through Rise Church, you can do so at www.risechurchid.org. God bless. Have a great week.